We had a, a deal. I help you, and you, you do what? You stay way away from me. Forever. And that was my every intention. No to... magic, no yeah. demons, no John Constantine. What's what goddamn ever? You swore it. You promised God, me. he's dead, Richie. Wait. Dead. I'm sorry to spring it on you like that, mate, but uh, now I have it on good authority that something ill-natured is circling you like a pack of wolves, and I'm not just going to sit there and wait for it to attack. Why, well, I mate? Mean, if you notice that I teach class, I hold office hours, and I hmm. go home, and I partake of a whole lot of sedatives in between, and that's all I do. What about the data mining? You found any unusual spikes in activity around the campus here? The data mining. You know what? You gazed at the chaos long enough. <laughs> Can swallow you whole. Welcome back to uh, Gundam at MHQ, everyone. This is uh, one of your hosts, Neo. Joining me always is Soul Bro and Chris. Guys, say hello. What is up, everybody? What's up, bitches? Ah, uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and uh, this is episode 161 of Gundam at MHQ. And in this episode, we're going to have two segments, but for only for one topic. Because, yes, we are going to conclude the last five episodes. Six. Uh, six episodes of... Uh, Gundam in Reconquista in G, uh, episodes 21 through 26. So we'll be doing this, the first three, and then the second three, and then our thought overall thoughts of the show. So guys, anything before we go into some news? No, I'm excited to hear what's happening. All right. Well, as I go into the Larry King Memorial News Studio... You are the king! You are the king! First one here comes from Vent Noir, evil Australian. He's always the first guy on the scene. I mean... He's got all that free time. Yeah, he has all the free time. And if I owned a newspaper and I needed a, a re- reliable reporter, I think he might be the one I would choose. But we'd have to get Would him out of prison. Like, Renoir, where's those pictures? <laughs> Renoir! <laughs> what? I don't pay you. What are you, what are you talking about? You don't get paid for this. <laughs> Give me Parker. He could be the next Ben Ulrich. <laughs> you Rick, I mean. <laughs> it's better than being Lars Ulrich. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> We created every sound ever made in music. It's all ours. Metallica Slam? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yes, Red Noir's got the... Um, ooh, this, this, is, uh, this is pretty interesting stuff. This is coming from the Anime News Network and the official website from uh, Code Geass Akito the Exile is uh, streaming a 10-minute special digest video mm. and a promotional video for the third episode. Uh, it's already out, and the, the 
third episode's to premiere May 2nd. So, wow, guys, get your uh, circle your calendar, circle the date on your calendars, because um, yeah. I think I'm going to have to re- rewatch the first two the first two episodes <laughs> to even know what the hell's going on at this point. So. Oh, yeah, you know, the, that second episode's probably not going to do much for you, so. Probably not. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. Ooh. Uh, yes, yes, it was. So uh, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for that submission. Oh, Vent Noir comes back with another one. He's got a link here. I guess there is a life-size pat labor that's promoting traffic safety outside of Hajime Castle in um, Hagayo Prefecture in Japan. So uh, it's the AV98 Ingram, and it's been making the rounds for the, the Tokyo Marathon, baseball games, and shopping malls. And uh, yeah. So if you go to Mr. Ventnoir's link here through the Anime News Network, you'll see it. Pretty uh, pretty cool stuff. So uh, thank you, Mr. Ventnoir, for your submission. Next one here comes from Ventnoir again. And uh, he's just got a link for a cool uh, figure from Pacific Rim. The next one being the Striker Eureka. That was what the one that the Australian one that actually saved us all in that one. That was the only one that survived, right? The Striker Eureka. Yes. So uh, that's a pretty cool looking figure for all of those people that uh, love your figures. So uh, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your s- another submission. Damn it. Next one here comes from not Vent Noir, but The Shade. Oh. And uh, he's got a leak here that's um, there is a replica of the Zeta Gundam. And you're gonna and there's uh, a Gundam event in Tokyo that's going to let you let fans sit in the cockpit. Of oh. the of the replica Zeta, so um, if yeah. you wanted to, could you be like, "Come and go zoom"? <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't that get recanted? <laughs> <laughs> you too could be Camille, and out of your damn mind. <laughs> yeah, it stands uh, seven meters tall, twenty three feet tall. So uh, you get to climb in the cockpit and uh, get to pretend that you're Camille. And uh, so, yeah, definitely. Let's see. It's um, anything else in here that's important? It's uh, no. That's pretty much it. So, yeah, some pretty cool stuff there. So, thank you, Mister The Shade, for your submission. Next one here comes from Yokozuna Bulldozer, and this is some sad news. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's it's about a death, but not really a death of a person, but of a magazine. Uh, the the Dengeki Hoppy magazine is going to end its publishing after uh, 17 years. Oh, man. So he's got a link here to the Gundam Guy website, and it says um, it first went on sale in November 25th, 1998. Wow. Wow, things were much different back then. They sure were, man. Well, print still stood a chance. <laughs> it was a, it's uh, centering on you know plastic models, of course, and they said here that their July 15th, or their July 2015th issue uh, is going to be their last issue. So, um, but they've also announced that some stuff maybe they may continue online. So people are going to have to kind of stay uh, tuned, see what the developments are for that. So um, it's a great yeah. magazine. Yeah, it was well, a cool magazine. Sadly, a sign of the times. Yeah, I'm sure. Would I would I venture to say that many scans on MHQ might be from there? Might be sourced. <laughs> 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 you, you are correct, sir. Would I go on a limb and say there is a high probability that many of the scans you view on, <laughs> of, on MHQ are courtesy of Dengeki Hobby? Hmm. You, 
You you might even say they have their own section. Oh man, y'all y'all y'all, y'all, are, sh- y'all are showing people how the sausage is made. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. We're, we're we're reminiscing. There we're reminiscing go. of of a of a of a publishing titan that is no longer going to be with us. So there you go. A publishing Teton. A Teton, yes, <laughs> definitely. definitely. So uh, thank you, Mister Yokozuna Bulldozer, for your submission. And uh, we're going to end up. We have no robot apocalypse news. It's been a very light news oh. two weeks. So that's that's fine. That's fine. How about human uh, resistance, man. No 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 good word on the uh, in, in, in the human front. No no good word on the human front. Damn. No good word on. But, but Neo, hmm. there there is news. What's oh. that? Is Neo so robophobic? Have you seen the new trailer for Terminator Genesis? Genesis? <laughs> no. Have you seen uh, this trailer? No. The trailer no. that gives away the whole damn movie? <laughs> the trailer that that should boil your blood. <laughs> in what way? You you have a traitor in your midst. Oh. You know who I am? We've been prepping for you to arrive for over a decade. We. The Terminator. It is nice to meet you. I've been trying to teach him to blend in. I know it needs work. John. Hi, Mom. How can you be here? What are you doing? John! What have they done to my son? Survival is what you taught me. A traitor of the worst kind. John Connor is a Terminator. Oh God! Yeah, they 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 reveal in the newest trailer. That, is, is, uh, that, is that is that really is that really news or is that just bad storytelling? Get out. It was actually a hook that they considered putting in the previous Terminator movie, but had the sense not to. So it's a discarded idea that they decided to use for this movie. He's like a half organic, half uh. Half uh, Terminator, basically. He's, okay, well, we have no other human resistance news or robot apocalypse news. So, R.I.P. John Connor, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like I stated, what maybe two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Not really going to watch that movie. So, uh, well, now, now you know to revoke his card from from the human resistance. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, definitely. Well, we gained don't Obama. Let, don't let him into the uh, the group meetings. <laughs> hey, we gained we gained Obama last episode. That's right. He, he put Skynet on notice. So hey, I think President Obama for John Connor. Yeah, it's a good trade up. Yeah, definitely a good trade up. So, uh, but um, well, thank you for that uh, breaking robot apocalypse news there, uh, Chris, and and I guess um, movie spoiler news too. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this spoiled yes. it for the world. <laughs> yes, well, because they revealed it in the freaking trailer for the entire world to know. You know what's funny, though? The Terminator trailers have had a uh, history of doing that. Like, for Terminator 2, they outright revealed that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a good guy in the second movie when they could have kept that Dude, all trailers um, do that No, nah, not all trailers. Some trailers are cut really well. Terminator, um... All trailers do ter- now. What, what's, they're, what's, they're, that for? what's that for? What's that? All these trailers now, they all show too much, man. The they fourth, all show too much. The fourth Terminator movie revealed that Sam Worthington was a Terminator, which um, I believe the director didn't want to be revealed, I think. And then this one reveals like John Connor's this a Terminator. Is gonna, so this is like, going to sound so old-timey, uh-huh. but it's so much better the days of when the preview was like a minute long and you had to go pay to see it at the movie theater instead of just shitting out different teaser trailers for uh, all these movies and posting up on YouTube. Like, we need 14 different trailers to see 
Avengers, Age of Ultron. Everybody's going to go <laughs> see that goddamn movie. Why do you need this? Why spend the waste the money? If you're going to waste money, put it somewhere else. Feed the freaking homeless, Disney. You don't need 15 different trailers for Age of Ultron. We all are going to go see it. Well, TV babies, spots TV babies spots, that though. aren't even born yet, mm-hmm. but will be born, but be birthed by the time that movie premieres. They're going to be seeing <laughs> it. They already know. They know this stuff. Take it straight from the womb into the theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You you will have women giving birth during during the during the end battle. The, the, and these babies these babies will know. Yeah, so yeah, w- women giving labor, not one to leave the theater until the movie's over. <laughs> so whatever. But no, at least we have some survey news. Ooh. Oh yes, Michael Bay, Michael Bay. Oh my God, that's bullshit. What the. And speaking of traitors, and I had read about this oh. goddamn goof-la-boof. Oh, what are you sitting there talking your mess about uh, Transformers and Survey? How dare you taking on? There's there's a there's an article on CinemaBlend.com where you know goof-la-boof is just bitching and complaining about how Bumblebee never sounds real, and this is quote goof-la-boof say it's just a fucking name name alone you can never make real no matter how much you put into it because I guess it stunted his acting ability yes you're no 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 that you do all the freaking time you douchebag cocksucker bastard oh, how shit. dare you say anything bad about this <laughs> I, I guess, I guess you, I, if, if you if you that much of an artiste then maybe you should return the money that you made off of all this because you know you, you don't want to do that you don't want to be in a in a bad franchise with a horrible director well haven't you heard so, man he is an artiste man he's stealing people's work and turning it out as his own and he's working oh, with Lars von no, Trier and, no he's and, not a he's and, not an artiste he's a plagiarist he's, he's above all this neil what are you talking yes, about he's <laughs> transcended i've transcended one, douchebag one might say he's transformed <laughs> Oh man, nice segue. <laughs> My god. I think I found another transformer. It's no. <laughs> oh wow. My oh, are we gonna team up, Goof? Yeah, that's the other thing. And he and he's slated to be in this next crap crop of movies too. Or that that was the rumor that Goof Boof's gonna make was a that, return. Was that a Freudian slip when you said this next crap of movies? Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> That was the that was the rumor, but it looks like that shit is not happening now. Unless they yeah. throw him a a huge payday, which I don't think Michael Bay is even going to be tempted to do. So, uh, although I did hear rumors that Michael Bay might be coming back to direct movie five. So, uh, God save us. <laughs> yes, because because uh, he's he's outside of outside of Revenge of the Fallen, they've all done so poorly. No, and, and, I, and, never, they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're the worst. They, I guess we they've need Mr. never we performed. Need Mr. District 9 director to do this. Hey, they've never performed bad at all in the, the box office. They've all been profitable. Um, but I just it's think... A, it's a big, dumb, summer, blockbuster, lose your sense of reality movie. I think They've I, never been presented uh-huh. as freaking the greatest thing of cinema, like all these other douchebag directors are like that Hold that on. damn district nine guy oh he this chappy movie this guy is so freaking amazing he's he'll transcend everything <laughs> that movie was shit from what i heard uh-huh. it, i mean so piss off but whoa, let's get whoa, to more survey news he, he can use a of, break man he can use a break negative. that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying I'm tired of the negative uh-huh boof can go to hell here at gundam and mhq we say go to hell goof boof <laughs> survey you're awesome <laughs> 
and uh, the fine. Thank you, Mister the Shade, for that very, uh, very anger, anger inspiring uh, <laughs> article. And the last one here comes from EA Net, dude. And yes, this is a survey news alert. It looks like there's there. Uh, they, you know, of course, they've talked about the writers, but I guess they expect uh, Transformers Five in 2017, and they're talking now about doing a uh, cinematic universe. So I guess that's the new that's the new thing in um, in Hollywood now. Everything's going to be a cinematic universe. So can't wait. So can't 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 wait for all these other bad movies to become uh, cinematic universes with uh, you know everything else that's out there. So. Thank you, you Mr. Know, e, that dude, for your submission. Yes. A Transformer Cinematic Universe could actually be a good thing if they did it the way it's done in the comics yeah. or in the cartoons, which is not the way they're going to do it. They're just nope. going to keep doing it the same way, where it's all about a bunch of lame, stupid humans and attractive young girls, and uh, the robots will just be window dressing. Yeah, the first yeah. movie they have that's not on Earth, and they it primarily features Transformers. That might stand a chance of being a decent movie, but I don't Ain't know. Happen. Yeah, if, if they're gonna happen, probably. So <laughs> whatever, we'll see. We'll see. I'm just everything's now cinematic universe. When are we gonna have the Gundam cinematic universe? When's oh, that gonna happen? Hey man, don't hold your breath. <laughs> so. Thank you, Mr. E. Netu, for your submission. Thank you, everyone else, for your submissions. And if you ever have any news articles to submit, always go to the Neos Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk Forum. And uh, I had heard that there will be no old-timey uh, because the uh, the radio phone is broken. Oh. So uh, we're, It's we're those gonna... damn Kuntalas. And <laughs> Kuntalas. So we'll be, uh, uh, if, unless there's anything that you guys have before we go into our first set of episodes for the uh, final reviews of Gundam uh, Reconquista NG. Anything? Anything? We're ready to turn this out, man. All right. Well, we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. <laughs> In a world where podcasting is king, you are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls. Warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone 
will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chapman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool! Come back here! I'm not finished with you! Gun Back to Gundam at MHQ. This is Chris, and we're gonna kick off our final set of reviews for Gundam Reconquista in G. We're doing six episodes, just like the old terrible bad days, but we're gonna break it up into two segments for the sake of our voices, specifically mine. <laughs> so in this first segment, we're gonna do 21 to 23, and we're gonna start with episode 21. The weight of the sea, aka the space plumber. Indeed. <laughs> so we, when we left off, uh, Kia had very stupidly sliced right into the Venus globe and created a big old hole with all this water rushing out. And Belry chased him in. So Belry finds himself inside this Earth-like atmosphere, and Kia, of course, blames Belry for what's happened. Sure. Because it's just the fault of Earthnoids and not, you know, the guy with the huge honking beam sabers. Yeah. I didn't do anything, even though I'm in a confined space with big beam sabers. Totally innocent. Nothing to see here. Yeah. So, Kia simultaneously tries to attack Belri while also trying to seal the hole. And he has um, this mobile armor conch de Venus brought to him, and he docks the giant inside of it. And he uh, is trying to kill Belri. And at the same time, we have uh, Noredo and Rodaria and Manny running around in the GIT labs in Grand Gundam tradition, just stealing everything. Yeah. Because that's what you do. Gundam jacking. When it's time for upgrades, just steal stuff. It never goes out of style. <laughs> nope. So, since Kia has failed pretty much at killing Belry, he decides to ram the gigantic conch de Venus inside of the hole and plug it against the wishes of Kuhn. So she chases after him and also slams the grod into the hole, which completely seals it. Unfortunately, the Jion's uh, cockpit was compromised and it takes on a bunch of water and uh, Kia either drowns or is killed by the pressure whichever you prefer but he's dead (laughs) 
he is he is done and then uh the hole is plugged all his stuff is stolen and then the crew finally head into the city to meet with uh the mysterious lagu who is a very dainty man and he shocks them all by telling them that he is uh close to 200 years old crazy stuff so sobro your thoughts on this episode um I, I was I was I was amazed by the introduction of President Lagu, who honestly didn't think we'd get the chance to meet. But uh, it was it was pretty interesting to meet him and to find out what his age is. That's and of course next episode we'll find out why. But uh, that was it was a little nice to, for the episode to end with a little bit of mystery there. I thought this was a solid episode overall. You know they finally got to the point, which is to realize that the ocean was draining into into space after sixty percent of the episode fighting, and then all of a sudden uh, Kia says, "Oh my God! Oh, that's right, the ocean's draining out into space. I got to do something about it." And then makes a sacrifice play to 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 get out. Of course, we saw that coming. I figured that you know he'd have the option to eject, but lo and behold, the the, the eject option shorted out on his suit. So he uh, sacrifices himself, and old uh, old Kuhn, uh witnesses his death, and she loses her mind. I found it kind of funny that she kept ramming her uh, escape pod into the into the uh, spear, <laughs> which is just the stupidest thing. But this episode was filled with antics, which kind of threw me off. I know the show kind of has a, a lighthearted way about it, but this late into the game, I'm expecting things to ramp up just a little bit, and yet it was trying to do a little bit of physical comedy throughout the episode. Uh, kind of like that, that one My Fair Lady chick the, uh, that was with the president tripping and then busting her ass <laughs> on the cannon. That was uh, a little ridiculous. But uh, I, I kind of like the uh, the civilian who, who freaks out <laughs> over himself. Yeah. And runs and tells like everybody in his family while freaking out. Very scaring all the citizen reads. <laughs> but uh, I did like the design inside of the um, inside of the spear. I thought that was uh, a pretty neat. That the whole town turned out to be some kind of beach resort for the most part. The reactions from the other pilots when they're looking around the city as they're flying through it is pretty priceless. Where they're kind of amazed that this whole civilization exists inside of here. And on top of that, there's hundreds of thousands of people inside that spear alone. Or was he referring to the whole Venus globe? Do you- who the hell knows? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I might have missed that, but uh, he um, when uh, Kia was talking about it, he was uh, referring to that, so I found that interesting. We also got introduced to Rosenthal Kobe, Kobe, Kobashi, I think. That guy's fabulous, but he's huge, too. It's uh, he's, he's a little late in the game for a character that unique looking to show up, but I guess I'll accept. Hey, he's rocking the, the pompadour and the zagaki. No doubt. Mm. <laughs> the, the next generation of the zagak. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It pretty much is. Yeah, it is indeed. But um, I guess the only other thing I, I guess I'll mention is uh, the attempt from Naredo and Manny to uh, to uh, scurry away inside of Araya's uh, mobile suit crotch. That shit was so stupid. <laughs> and how they could get away with stealing a mobile suit. I, I don't even get it. But uh, at this what? point, you're asking that in Gundam. I know. But it's how like, do you get away with stealing? You've been doing this. So, bro. I, I know. Come on, I know. But, bro. I mean, they walk up. Really? You, you take that. Take you, that comment back. You figure the place. How many episodes have we seen? <laughs> How many shows have we seen that for whatever reason the most advanced secretive weapon in the world war is somehow stolen by some dumb kid or whoever out of nowhere and they're able to pilot it like no 
no problem. Come I guess, on. I guess really? I'm, 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 I'm mind-effed because uh. it's those two in particular. Noredo especially. How did these two end up walking away with the mobile suit? I understand Amaro. That was happenstance. I understand a lot of the characters. Especially Seed. That was a crack team that wanted to steal those mobile suits. So there's reasons that were given how they those people got those mobile suits. But these two just walk in there and just take the pick of the litter. And it just it blows my mind. But I, 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 I'll, I'll digress. They're universal standard. They're able to do it. If anything's universal standard, <laughs> anybody can do anything in this in this timeline. Uh-huh. Uh, the the real what is it? Regal century. Anything mm-hmm. that's universal standard, you can do it. Babies can do it. Babies it's can universal do it. standard. Babies can do it. Dude, that's the slogan. Babies can do it too. Yeah, <laughs> universal standard. Babies can do it. Neil coming up with advertising, man. You're the next. You're, you're the universal century's Don Draper. But uh, yes, <laughs> picture this: a world where everything is universal standard. Being. <laughs> But Chris, why do you why do you have in your eye from people being eaten? Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> Chris, back to you. So, Neil, your thoughts on this episode? Um, I'm not going to go too much more because Silver covered a lot of the points. Yeah, the one thing that just drives me nuts still with some of these guys is, uh, you know, Kia. Typical. I almost think we need a um, we need a name for this type of character where it's like, oh, you destroyed my place. How dare you? But yet you're the reason why it got destroyed because you goofed out. You know, you, you flipped out so much that you started uh, using your beam savers too much. And you end up putting a hole in the freaking ocean. So it's like... <laughs> I think I think basically the, the, the Jared. Yeah, it's just like I hate you so much. You're causing all this chaos. Yet this big catastrophic thing that just happened. It was me, but only because of you that I would have done. No, no, no. You're just and of course you know he kind of makes up with it with the valiant uh, attempt. But even though he his whole intention was to go in and eject, but you know, hey, <laughs> he's going to be forever immortalized at the bottom of in the Venus globe. <laughs> For where he will forever reside. <laughs> I, I actually, um, I actually didn't mind too much some of the goofiness. Yeah, it was. It, it is normally a, a little out of character, especially the, this deep in a show, because this is when they start ratcheting up the seriousness on it. But it, it, it was. It was it was kind of okay for me because I wasn't really taking this episode too seriously to begin with. So um, I, I throws curveball sometimes. I mean, pretty late in turn A, he had when they got into space, all of the uh, the idiots from Earth getting yeah. drunk and thinking that it was a good idea to go back to Earth in uh, in a barrels. Bear. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, he's the, it's not too out of character for him. So um, it, it 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 didn't. Um, it didn't bother me too much. It was, it was kind of a, it was kind of a break from uh, Kia's constant. Oh, I wouldn't have done this if it was because of you. Blah 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 blah. So kind of broke that up. And uh, like I said, if it's universal standard, anybody can use it, even babies. Picture this: a world where babies can use universal standard. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Hold my calls. I'm going for a drink. You know. I, you know I, <laughs> have a seat. Close the door. Yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a nice mustache you have there, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> drink, drink, drink. <laughs> sex, sex, sex. Smoke, smoke, smoke. 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 <laughs> yep. But. So anyway, uh, I don't have much more to add than what you two have yeah. said. You know, Kia is a real moron. The way that yeah. he just uh, completely displaces and transfers the blame to Bellray for something that was entirely his fault. Hell, yeah. Hell, and. 
even Kuhn was a moron. She kept using missiles inside the colony. What the, what the f, man? And it, when he explicitly told her not to, I, I was yeah. I was mind effed. <laughs> and and as we saw last episode, Belry, who was an Earthnoid, was the one who was taking the care not to cause any damage. Exactly to Venus Globe, and it's like. For God's sakes, Kia, you live here. You should know better. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why is this stranger from Earth, your enemy, like putting in more care to avoid damaging your home than you are? Yeah. Well, we kind of find out later why these guys are all hopped up because they, you know, they're 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 Universal Century War fanboys. They can't. They're itching these GIT uh, cores guys. They can't wait to get in some battles. So it's. They just start going it willy-nilly, so I'm sure that's part of it. So, yeah, he, he was an idiot, and then the whole, like, trying to kill two birds with one stone of kill Bellry and plug the, the hole? <laughs> you gotta prioritize, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, like, isn't this the point of every Gundam show where it's like, hey, I, hey, Bellry, I know we have our differences, but we need to plug up this hole. Isn't this what they do, like, in every other... <laughs> there's always that episode. I kind of felt that this would be the one where it's like, oh, they're gonna unite and try to, you know, save... No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want it all. <laughs> It's like you you put all this effort into killing this guy, which is what got you into this situation to begin with. So keep doing that, I guess, is the lesson to be learned. Makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, based on his introduction earlier, I thought that Kia was kind of being built up as, you know, like a final boss, especially with, uh, you know, the Jion being this evil-looking Gundamish mobile suit mm-hmm. yeah. and you know it's got all these cool weapons and they have some pretty good fights with it but nope he's one and done after three episodes <laughs> so i was kind of surprised by that and i thought that all of that stuff just took too long and then the last two or three minutes of the episode is oh hey here's this guy lagu the end yeah yeah catch you next time it's a terrible terrible waste of time <laughs> yeah but so the, the pacing was way off and like everything having to do with the whole and the battle just took too long. So, Sobro, what's your rating? I'll give this episode a 3.5 wildly shot missiles out of 5. Neo, what have you got? Oh, I got this. Uh, this is 3 out of 5 emergency plumbing calls. <laughs> I'm going to give this one 3 out of 5 panicked civilians. <laughs> there you go. So that brings us to episode 22, Reunions in the Earth Sphere. So we start off with uh, the GIT people loading themselves up onto the full moon ship and carrying out Kia's wishes for the Reconquista. So they blast their way out of Venus and head to Earth with uh, the megafauna and the crescent ship in close pursuit. So we... uh, We find out um, more about uh, Kumpa and his, uh, you know, actions as Piani Kaluta mm-hmm. when he uh, went down to Earth because he he was uh, displeased with the way that uh, things were going at uh, the Venus Globe, and he wanted to spark a sort of survival of the fittest contest in um, in Earth and cause this whole mess, which is basically everything that's happened in the show up to now. So we have other things like uh, the girls testing all of their new stolen stuff, all of their stolen gear, mm-hmm. including uh, Manny with this kind of awkward mobile armor called the G-Rack that looks like a one-legged Big Zam. <laughs> it does, right? Yeah. So 
the uh, G-Self gets upgraded with the perfect backpack, which combines elements of every single previous backpack all in one handy-dandy function, which Bill reuses to great effect and freaking out the Capital Army guys when they get attacked by the Capital Army. And that's quickly dispelled because he fires these photon torpedoes. Yeah, what was that all about? I was like, is this Star Trek all of a sudden? I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) Check off. Fire the photon torpedoes. He fires these photon torpedoes that are not the Star Trek variety, but uh, they impact and they just... You know, erase stuff, basically. It's like the the erase tool in Photoshop. (laughs) So we have um, a reunion on the uh, Capitol Tower between Belry and Wilmot. And we see that, of course, uh, Jugen and Kumpa are getting ready for a fight. And uh, they want to use the G-Self. So Belry and everyone, they all slip away. We have... Some more fighting, and in the meantime, uh, Manny, while transferring the G-Rack from one ship to another, she instead steals it again and runs off and uh, joins up with Mask and gives it to him. Of course. And they have their happy reunion. Kuntal's forever. So, Neo, what did you think about this one? (laughs) Uh, I mean, it was okay. Um... Definitely some interesting stuff about Lugal that we find out uh, with him. I actually kind of wish that fo- this episode was focused a little bit more on him because um, it seemed like uh, a lot of the stuff that he said was more of uh, a more interesting story instead of just um, some weirdness that we kind of see here with some of the other things going on. Yeah, the perfect backpack. It's like, uh, wow, um, you know. Usually an upgrade means uh, something new and special instead of just a whole combination of what we had before. So, I mean, it wasn't a bad thing, but... Yeah, but the the, uh, the photon torpedoes are a brand new yeah. crazy gimmick. Yeah, but, yeah I, guess, I guess that's the case. I mean, I, I, I get that. And, yeah, where does that stuff go? <laughs> I, I imagine some alternate universe where all these pieces of mobile suits just start showing up. <laughs> Out of nowhere, and uh, yes, this thus begins the this episode begins the annoying uh, relationship and and kind of forced love triangle of Mask and Barrera and Manny. So, uh, yay! This uh, this was the harbinger of things to come. So, um, but that's about it. Axel. Um, I, I will say this, uh, my favorite part of the episode was the reveal of the bodysuit, man. It was macabre yeah. as hell. And, um, to see how his limbs had atrophied, I guess the trade off of, uh, being preserved for almost 200 years is that you are not going to look too hot outside of that bodysuit, you know, because of the lack of use. But, you know, I guess that is the trade. It looked like there was a little bit of remorse, uh, when he actually revealed that, uh, his true form to, uh, to Ida, though. And, um, and, and it's kind of out of the blue that we finally get the bodysuit reveal. You know, it's like, again, late in the game. But then again, they use technology that's way advanced above everybody else. So I, I guess seeing that here at this place is not too out of place. But um, it, it seemed like very cyberpunkish to me, which I, I, I could appreciate, I guess. 
I like the effect that it had on Ida because uh, she she kept thinking about it when she was playing tennis. You know, she said, "I have a healthy body," but you know, she pretty much saw these guys break every taboo in the book with the bodysuit. So it's it's something for her to dwell upon and and hopefully uh, not allow to be uh, to be seen on Earth. I don't know exactly how she's going to process that, but uh, it was an interesting part of the episode. Um, freaking uh, narrator was terrible at piloting though. <laughs> She, I guess she got better towards the end, but it was uh, interesting to see her actually uh, um, putting in work at practicing her piloting skills. But um, not that it would pay off much throughout the rest of the show. Other than that, uh, uh, the thing that burned me up was that Manny returned the mask, which was expected, you know, and and brought to him one of the, one of the most advanced pieces of weaponry that he could get his hands on. And uh, I just that, was, he's, uh, that he still can't master because he sucks. <laughs> But the fact that she she went right to him, even though she's been chilling with her former classmates for like the last couple of episodes, you know, he, he's, he's so like, dreamy. Oh, it's he's so dreamy. He's gonna set the Kuntalas free because he's you know he's the right man for the job. It's it's so ridiculous. Um, I, I did find it interesting that uh that Belry's mom didn't know about him ha- possibly having a sibling. I guess she adopted him, removed from all of that, so she didn't know anything about his past. But it is kind of convenient that he. That she would adopt him, and then one of the head people in charge of the uh, Amerian army would adopt uh, Ida. So uh, I find that kind of uh, convenient. But then again, there's a lot that's convenient in this show. Um, outside of that, uh, I did have a problem with the women in the kitchen. All the women were all, all hands on deck in the kitchen, helping out the chefs. I was like, really? Really? You know, there's no dudes in there besides the actual the kitchen staff? Um, but I'll get further into that whole thing uh, towards the end of our conversation about the show. But back to you, Chris. Yeah, so I, I thought it was interesting, the reveal of Lagu, who uh, looks like a space Holocaust victim, basically, oh, with that yeah. completely atrophied body, and it definitely has an effect on Ida. I was glad that the return trip to Earth did not take an entire episode. Yeah, yeah that is true. Because, yeah. you know, we're kind of <clears throat> in the end game now, so thank you for that expediency. And we get a little catch-up about things that have happened while everyone was gone to Venus, which includes the news that Dorette took uh, the Pope hostage on the Kashiba Mikoshi. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, wh- why do we keep learning about major events after the fact? Yeah, why don't we see these things? That is annoying as hell. Like, could there not have been a scene earlier in this episode or in the previous episode showing that happening, even if it's a brief scene? Mm-hmm. I yeah, wish like, they could. I mean, I don't know why they keep holding back on stuff like that. It's 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 a shame because th- that sounds like very pertinent things that we need to see. You know, things that actually move the plot forward, and we're just finding them out. You know, after the fact, and it makes you feel like you missed an episode every time. Yeah, I don't I don't know why Tomino yeah. keeps doing this, but this is like the the third time in as many episodes that he's been keeping critical information out of episodes and then just mentioning them after the fact as if you're supposed to have already known about them. No, that's a good point there that uh, Solbro says, and I, I got, I'll conclude it. You know, when we do our final thoughts, but there are time, there are many times throughout the show, and, and even in this episode where you feel like, did I not miss? I, I'm I watching the correct one? This this is you know 22 after 21, right? You know, it's so yeah, it, it it's a feeling you get throughout. So especially here too. Yeah. Yeah. I also felt that um, so far the gimmick we've seen of the perfect backpack with its photon torpedoes <laughs> it's a little a little too on the overpowered side 
It oh is. yeah. Although I do like the design of the the perfect backpack. I think it looks cool. Yes, mm. but good God, are yeah. those things overpowered? And that's considering that that Bellry turned down the power level. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He did. Holy crap! Yeah. And they caused that much damage of um to to Becker's Wusha team. Jesus. So, th- th- some good elements in the episode, but it it also has some problems which are not new for the series. So, Neo, your rating. Uh. I'm going to have to give it, I wish we could do quarters, but I'm going to have to give it uh, three three anorexic presidents out of five. So, bro? This episode was right down the middle for me, man. I'm going to have to give this one uh, 2.5 kidnapped space popes out of five. Wow. Sober with the low score. Oh, yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I, 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 I'm sorry. I just, I. Wow. I to, oh, no, you don't have to apologize. This <laughs> very surprising. Hey, it was yeah. the, for me. It was the straight down the middle, man. I just, I, I, I wasn't feeling this all too much, especially the way it ended. Jesus. Yeah, since, since uh, there were some good things that had happened in here, so I ended up with uh, three and a half um, photon torpedoes, Mister Sulu. <laughs> I, I, I love the qualification. Well, there were some things that were good in this. It wasn't co- <laughs> complete <laughs> shit. So, okay. So that brings us to the last episode of this first segment, episode 23, The Sound of a New Type. Hmm. I wonder what happens here. (laughs) So we have uh, the start of a large battle with... um, like trying to recapture the Kashiba Mikoshi. We have um, the Capital Army and uh, the Direct Fleet facing each other. And as a result, uh, poor Becker gets uh, gets roasted. Bye bye. Yeah, he did. Flame broiled. <laughs> he gets flame broiled pretty bad. Bye. And we have uh, more sort of barbs between Barara and Manny because they're both competing for Mask's affections for for his uh, his attention. And and Belry and crew get involved in the fight and Belry uses these omnidirectional lasers that are super overpowered. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And blast the shit out of the guy trash. Jesus. And uh as it would happen, you know, while this fight happens, Belry uh, kind of goes into overkill with the assault mode of the perfect backpack, and he kills Rock Pie, Oof. and then feels sick afterwards in classic Gundam fashion. Oh, yeah. And also in classic Gundam fashion, Rock Pie's death is sensed from across space by Mashner, so you know she's not happy now that her... Her boy toy is gone, but then again, she sent him to his death. So you know, <laughs> yeah. No, no one told her she had to use her boy toy in battle. She just kind of went and did that anyway. So there, there you have it. So, bro, your thoughts on this episode? Uh, I'd say to out of the out of the out of these three, this is definitely the best episode for me. Um, I like that uh, scene at the very beginning where Clem is talking about uh, having to stop Mask, but they're uh, kind of between a rock and a hard place, and they're looking at... Or a rock pyre and a hard place. Yeah, yeah rock pyre. <laughs> that should be the name of this episode. A rock pyre and a hard place? Yes. Between a rock pyre and a hard place. Yo, Neil, you're on point tonight. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, when they're looking at Moshner's file and they pull up a bunch of sexy pics from her space Facebook, it's ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> 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 I'm looking at that. It's like, oh no. Um, but uh, you know, the, and, and they still got about prominent on the screen. So I, I thought that was a, ne- a nice little. Uh, it makes you wonder what the salamanders captain's been up to. Oh my gosh, isn't this the episode where like she was hugging her pilots as they're leaving the salam as they're leaving her? Uh, her oh yeah, uh, the legion, yeah, she, and and then she she, she about raped a uh, rock pile on the freaking flight deck. <laughs> Give us some extra special attention. Yeah. But yeah, um, you know, and she blames herself for his death, uh, for sending him out there so many times. But, right, rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah. She already knew that, that she, there was a good chance he could die. He had some near misses already. So you figure that she might have learned a lesson and would send out some of the uh, the peons instead. But Oh, and he's got, he always had he, he always had final episodes uh, death stench on him. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as soon as the guy showed up, you knew this this is, you know, a late 20s death here. <laughs> you, could, you could feel it, too. Like that episode, yeah. you could feel that people were going to die. Becker went out fast, too. It's like, oh, shit. Yo, this is for real. Somebody, other and, people are going to be dying this up for certain. And and nothing of value was lost. No. <laughs> yeah, Becker was kind of one-note Johnny. Yeah, he kind of was, right? He didn't really do much. I expected him to die for, far earlier in the show, but they kept him around, I guess, for his big moment here. Um, and it was uh, it was it was pretty bad. I did like the weaponry that uh, Bill reused, like the uh, the torque punch and the omnidirectional lasers and uh, assault when he went in assault mode and. Just completely wrecked Rock Pie, man. You figured he would have learned kind of the sensitivity of the uh, of the of the perfect backpack by that point in time, since he had used it the previous episode. He'd take time to practice, but not so much, man. And then he gets rocked by the new type blowback of Rock Pie. Not that I I don't think new Rock Pie was that had even even had a chance of being a new type. But I guess if anybody dies, a new type who's sensitive enough will feel it. And I guess it goes to retroact. It goes to show that also Moshner was a new type as well because she felt the um, the blowback of uh, of Homeboy's death too. And as, as we see in future episodes, there's more to it also. Uh, although she, she she might be half crazy about that too. <laughs> But uh, I thought it was a well done episode. It's Tomino back in his form. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't want to see the return of Kill 'Em All Tomino. But oh, how dare you! This episode, I want. If there was a point that, that would have <laughs> saved this show, it would have been Kill 'Em All, right? <laughs> oh my god! But go I, ahead, finish up, so I like, I like to see him kill some. But they don't have to kill them all and, and show some restraint. But this episode was well-paced, well-done, and had consequences. And the effect on uh, Bellary helped to develop his character further. So I, I definitely enjoyed it. Back to you, Chris. This is definitely the strongest episode out of the bunch. Um, Rock Pie was an idiot. And Mashner's, uh obsession with him is kind of like silly how it keeps getting so much screen time. Mm-hmm. So in in a sense, it was good good to see him get get his ass handed to him. <laughs> well, it, it was coming though. I mean, as soon as you just get to that point, it's like she did everything except do the you know the the ultimate uh, kiss of death, which is the, the, the goodbye kiss on the flight deck before the final battle. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, and he promised to return. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's the other that's the other caveat you never put in there. Oops. Let me kiss you, and I promise I'll be back. Ah. Well, uh, <laughs> Big mistake. Might as well get that uh, get that flag box ready there, Mashner, because that's <laughs> all you're gonna have left of your precious little rock pie. Is just <laughs> get ready for taps. Oh, he'll get that. He'll get that. He'll get that two uh, that two grade promotion. <laughs> Posthumously. So. Press, press B to salute the casket. 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so no no surprise there. Um, also, apparently, uh, Belry gives good back rubs. Oh, he sure does, man. Hey, they amazing. Second, it's his second career after the war is over with. The Guisson is all about that moisture, moisturizing. <laughs> that's, how yeah, he stays so, that's how he stays looking so young. Everyone should be properly moisturized. Damn right, man. Lotion. You heard it here first, guys. Make sure to use it. I don't care how old you are. <laughs> yeah, so th- this episode definitely had uh, much more of a feel of, you know, vintage Gundam, especially with uh, the whole, like, new type awakening, feeling gross after killing someone, which usually comes a lot earlier in the series, but that's sort of the weirdness of this now, that we're in this modern era of Gundam where... Um, you know, the, the pilots try their best to avoid killing anyone, and it's only a rare thing that happens occasionally. Except for, you know, like, say, Double O, where they constantly kill everyone all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when you have a heart of uh, a heart of black hole, like, all the <laughs> celestial being guys did, it makes it a lot easier. That's what hard as hell. I mean, for God's sakes, one of those pilots killed his own family, <laughs> so... I don't think killing some nameless grunt in a mobile suit is going to really affect them too much. Hey, the vegetarians are suffering too. Is this the episode where, um, oh no, I think it's a little bit later, where Bellary gets the forgiveness from Ida? Yeah, that's toward, yeah, that's, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit further. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I kind of felt that in this one, but that's okay. So, uh, ratings, Solbro. I will give this episode four sexy Moshner picks out of five. Neil. Oh, uh, this is a, a three out of five grade promotion for Brock Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of two, he gets three on this one because you know Moshner was writing up that writing up his uh, his final his final report about what he did. So he's getting th- he's getting three instead of two. There you go, man. He went the extra mile. Got the extra mile. Yes, he, he tried did. his best. <laughs> tried his best. I did did what I could. Which turned out to be his worst. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not good enough. I'm going to give this one uh, three and a half. I promise to return, but won't out of five. Oh, yeah. The the uh, the ultimate oath <laughs> that'll never get fulfilled. Yep. So we're going to take a quick break and be right back to do the second segment and wrap up with episodes 24 to 26 of G Reco. You are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Start talking and talk fast, you lousy bum. We've been frantically trying to reach you, dude. Where is my goddamn money, you bum? Well, well we... I, 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 I don't... They did not receive the money, you nitwit! They did not receive the money! Her life was in your hands! This is our concern, dude. No, man, nothing is f- here. Nothing is f- No, man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain! Are you a fan of Gundam? Robotech or Transformers. Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ, a wonderful source to learn about the Autobots. 
Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, the Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash gundammahq and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. Back to Gundam at MHQ, and we are now in the home stretch after our long journey. The last three episodes of Gundam Reconquista in G. We're going to start with episode 24 Space Kaleidoscope. <laughs> what is this, an episode of Space Ghost? Maybe. They're, they're, it, ignore the dead shark that's on the floor. <laughs> So we uh, see that the people on the full moon ship have uh, some new toys that they're giving to their friends in the Capital Army because they're teaming up with Mask. So they give him a new suit that he names the Kabakali after some Kuntala nonsense. Of course. And they give uh, Barara the mobile armor Yggdrasil, which uh, is just a giant space pyramid with a big old cannon. And that's it. And, and weird beams. Sometimes, sometimes. And, and, and weird beams that look like the Tree of Life, hence its name. <laughs> so our political situation has changed because we now have the full moon ship throwing its lot in with the Capital Army. And we have the direct fleet teaming up with Ameria because Ameria has promised to let um, people of the direct fleet settle on Earth. In the capital territory. <laughs> so they've decided to team up for this purpose. So we have a pretty standard space battle going. 
and Barara is uh, basically nuts because she uh, wants to use the Yggdrasil to smash up everything and to finally win Lewin's attention over Manny. Mm-hmm. So she starts blasting all these weird pretty beams and she pretty much wrecks the Amerian fleet. Goodness. Like, wrecks it really bad. Oh, yeah. So Belry, of course, is using his new overpowered perfect backpack. He stops her and he... Uh, he blows up the Yggdrasil, and you see the tiny light of what looks like an escape pod flying away yeah. from it. But then you never see her again, so I don't know if she's dead or just Tamino forgot about her. Yeah, you never got that confirmed. And I was watching this, I was trying to remember if she died, but I do remember something ejecting from it, as you mentioned. So, I, yeah, it's, it's one, of those, uh, one of those weird moments where we don't know exactly Oh, we'll get into the sequel. Around. We'll oh, find out in the sequel. I'm sure we are. <laughs> yeah. And the GR Kane gets an upgrade, but doesn't get to do much. And when Belry defeats the Yggdrasil, a stray shot from it hits the bridge of the Rattle Python and sucks Gusian out into space, killing him right in front of Ida. Oh, that shit was gruesome, too. <laughs> Always wear our normal suit in space. Yeah. And uh, as part of, you know, everything just getting... Their shit wrecked. Um, Dorette himself gets killed in the crossfire while trying to uh, fight. So uh, goodbye, creepy glasses dude. He blows up in fine fashion. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, Neo, your thoughts on this episode? Well, this is you know what you're always looking for with a Tamina show, good, a good battle. And we do have that. There is some goofiness with some of the some of the people and some of their, you're still kind of lost at the intentions of some of these people at the end. And, uh, especially this whole stuff with Barrera, you know, trying to win the affections of mask. And I, I don't, there, there's a lot of unneeded focus on that and on this episode and the next episode. And it's just kind of, I don't know. It's like, I, 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 I get that you want to try to do well and, and try to impress a person, but I just, for whatever reason, the guy just doesn't seem that high on the totem pole where it really makes a difference. But, um, yeah, the Adrasa, talk about overpowered. I mean, we thought, uh, <laughs> we, we thought the perfect backpack was overpowered. Man, this thing, like he's, like Chris stated, this thing just wrecked the Ameria fleet. And, uh, it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty harsh there. And, um, yeah, of course with Goosen, I mean, you know, you better listen. When somebody tells you to put on a normal suit, you better put on a normal suit. I know. You figured he would know by now. You know, of all the things, of all the things you're going to learn from the Universal Century, <laughs> is to put on a, a normal suit when you're in the bridge of one of these ships, or uh, you know, the the Rosa Hermes. Maybe you should, uh, you know, where you have these these glass windows on the bridge. Maybe you should just uh, <laughs> get rid of that. <laughs> Maybe we should do an upgrade. Um, the whole mask, I'm a downtrodden Kuntala stuff. Mm-hmm. I wish we got more kind of background of this with these people. I mean, we get the, the fact that they were eaten and stuff, but, and they, you know, they were used as food and they're probably still looked down upon. But I think just, you know, it, it would have probably been nice if, you know, if we had a little bit more backstory of, you know, if this was a prevalent thing or if this guy is just, 
a butthurt Kuntala. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's the only one that was treated badly, or are these people truly second citizens? Are we really, you know, it would have been nice to see a little bit more of that stuff, but that's, you know, something I could do at the end when we kind of do some final saying here. But, um, but Neil, man, uh, he, he, he's militant though. You know, Plymouth Rock, they didn't land at Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on him. All right. Yeah, but I never knew, I never knew that that happened. Like, you know, it would have been nice if they would have like reinforced that that may have happened, but, uh, he's the magneto of his times, man. <laughs> and then the, the whole thing about Bell, you know, him not after all the stuff of what Bellry's, how Bellry's acted, and he's tried not to kill people, he's tried to save things, and this guy thinks just because he is from a, a higher lineage or something like that, that he's automatically going to become some awful dictator. Mm-hmm. It shows real narrow thinking on <laughs> mass sides. So, uh, you know, for a guy that's bitching and complaining about people being more open and, and accepting them, he's not real accepting of, um, of, of Bellary. Even after Manny kind of bring, you know, uh, asked him and, you know, she was treated well and everything like that. It's not like Belle, you know, and she, she kind of was under the impression of like, well, what are you talking about? You know, but you know, Hey, this is, uh, you know, this is the thing, but yeah, Durrett too. It was nice to see him get offed. But, um, other than that, actually, uh, a, a pretty solid episode. Um, you know, something that we were waiting for, for a while. So back to you, Chris. So bro. Yeah, um, I, I gotta say, I, I enjoyed most of this episode myself. This is the episode that Neil was talking about earlier, too. The one where, um, Ida finally tells Bellary to, uh, okay. forget about the death of, uh, Cahill <laughs> and commence on his change of heart. So you have a, a, a defining moment in Bellary's, uh, development where he finally decides it's like, I'm through with killing. It's like, I'm gonna do my best not to kill anybody else. I don't wanna feel the way I felt when I killed off, uh, rock pie and you know felt the chill of that death because it's just a terrible feeling and i realized the ramifications of my actions now so you know he's going to try to settle this war without making any more bloodshed which but he's still willing to fight so i give belry a lot of credit you know he's willing to to at least disable people's mobile suits it's the it's the hard road but if if maximilian Jennis can do it everybody else can that's right <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know barara when it comes to her yeah her death was a little ambiguous if, if it even happened but um the episode kind of throws you a curveball because at first she's thanking manny for the intel on the uh megafauna and uh for helping the union between the capital army and the git and and the fact that she brought that technology with her with, when it comes to the mobile suit that she has and then when she gets inside of the Yggdrasil, or I forget how you pronounce that, but uh, she loses her damn mind. You know, she she wants to make one last play to capture Mask's heart, and it's like for what, really? I mean, you have to be a sycophant to get this man's attention. I was like, you gotta look at yourself for a second. I did like the weapon that she used, the uh, the uh, the tender beam. I was a little creepy looking, but uh, uh, I, I I get where they were going with by making it look like the the branches of the the Yggdrasil of legends. So I, I thought it, would, it had at least a, a nice aesthetic to it, but. Uh, yeah, she was definitely OP, and I'm glad to see Bellry take her out. You know, I'm not opposed to Bellry killing people, but I'm glad to see he, he will do that under the most uh, hardest of circumstances. So I'll give him credit for that. Uh, um, yeah, the, we got the space pope back, and then... Uh, oh, yeah, space pope. Yeah, space pope came back, and uh, it was good to see him again. And the fact that he was treated well was nice to hear. So that, that guy's just been a, a pawn in everybody's game the whole show. <laughs> He's been shoveled around from place for, to place. For once, because pretty much every time there's like a Pope in an anime, mm-hmm. he's always some like horribly evil jerk like the yeah. Pope in Saint Seiya yes. or the Pope in Votomes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You, know. you figured he would turn out to be last boss or some shit like that. Or like he was secretly manipulating everybody the whole time for some religious like, purpose. No, it's just a nice old guy. Yeah, nice old dude, man. Who, who has a set of beliefs that, you know, either you're with me or not. I don't care. Not a big deal. So <laughs> they, they I, I was in a room the whole time. Nothing much happened. <laughs> That's pretty much what he said. He's like, I was in the room the whole time. I don't I was, know what's happening. I was chilling, man. They had snacks. <laughs> <laughs> and beer. <laughs> um, it was cool to see the copy pasta shield. Um, I, I, I think that's what people have been calling it. Um, be utilized by Bellary in, in, in creative ways. So that was pretty dope. And um, it was really sad to see Gusson killed uh, in the way that he was. It was a pretty gruesome death, man. And uh, um, it definitely rocked the yeah, shit out of the wasn't that gruesome it was just sh- it was sh- more shocking than anything it's oh. not like the guy got blown up in the little pieces you want gruesome yeah. you know cap- captain of that ship in uh you know megazone the second megazone that's Ooh, that's that's that, gruesome. that is pretty bad but on the list of ways i don't ever want to die the vacuum of space is on, almost at the top yeah. of that list yeah but you you die in just a few seconds it's, it's instantaneous man yeah pretty much. it's not instantaneous but uh it, it's close to that the what was instantaneous is when that one dude who was on the bridge got shot out <laughs> Yeah. If you remember that, that dude's body just got ejected <laughs> through the glass. I was like, oh, F, that's crazy. But uh, yeah, um, uh, my last thing I'll point out is uh, the scene with Dorette's commanders when they're uh, all rallied together before they um, formulate their next plan. The fact that Dorette does not give a damn about the death of Rock Pie and Mashner's just completely obs- uh, obsessed by that and keeps saying that I want blood for Rock Pie's death. And I just, there's a look of disgust on his face. It's like, I don't give a damn about him. <laughs> That shit tickled me pink, man. But yeah, that's a solid, solid episode, if anything. Back to you, Chris. Yeah, pretty solid episode in most respects. You know, a good fight. Um, the Eggdrossel's not particularly an inspiring mecha design, but boy, the animation on that tender beam is really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like, ooh, shiny lights. So shiny. <laughs> Spectacular, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this whole, like, love triangle with mask and barara and manny it's just not something i find particularly interesting because you have these two women competing so vigorously for this guy's affection and he just doesn't seem to give a shit at all because all he cares about is all of his kuntala whining oh yeah (laughs) and this bizarre assertion that belry will become a dictator just because he comes from a nice background yeah that that's another thing that's so weird is that he's just he's painting Belry as this crazy villain, and I just I, I I don't see his reasoning, especially since he went to school with the guy. Maybe there's aspects to the backstory that we don't know that we'll never know because well, the show I, I, just I think, breezes past it. Yeah, I think that's the way you got to look at it. I mean, the, it, it's like I stated earlier. It's like okay, I you know the Kuntalas. It would have been nice to have something with all you know. This is now what episode twenty four yeah. in any of the previous twenty three episodes. Just a you, you don't have to go into a whole episode just a small tidbit of maybe are these people really getting crapped on or is it just this guy or what you know just something that kind of gives the weight of oh well maybe he would or you know so you just don't know yeah. there's nothing there did Bellry make fun of him in school we know nothing about this so it's just up in the air so yeah and 
what what bothers me about this his sudden line of like oh Bellary's going to be a dictator is he spends the entire series railing against the discrimination of the Quintala, but here he is judging and and pigeonholing no. someone off of you know their nothing past. factual exactly yeah. that you know just because of their ancestors yeah that that yeah his logic is mad flawed for certain mm. yeah and you know with Dorette's death it's like oh well. There goes Toasaga as a faction, and we never really got to know much about them. You know, what was their plan for the Reconquista? Yeah. What mm-hmm. what were they going to do? You know, why why is there this conflict between the direct fleet and the government? Why any of us? It's like, well, not really important now. Goodbye. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone now. So gone now. And you know what we're left with is Mashner, who is just crazy and obsessed with the, her her stupid boy toy, who nobody gives a shit about. Nobody does, <laughs> including the viewers. <laughs> yeah, it's like that happened last episode. Get up, move on. Yeah, there have been more deaths since then. We're yeah, we're, we're beyond, we're beyond them. that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the purpose of his death is to turn her into a wild card. Like, we get that, but it's just that none of us were invested in that character at all, whether it be her or him. You know. He was around. He was an adversary. He finally died. You know, that was long telegraphed. He had so many near misses. And when he goes, you know, are we supposed to feel something? Not really. Not even for her. If she had, you know, any any uh, charisma and she had, like, won her over as viewers, we'd be invested in that. And the show never really gave us that time. So it's a shame. Yeah. Also, uh, I don't know why, but uh, the way Goosian's death was animated it's kind of uh, it's kind of odd the way you just see him you know float out of the uh, the bridge. He just kind of looks like a, like a piece of paper flying away in the yeah. wind. The way he just like blows away like he has no weight to him. Like he just gets caught on the railing and it's like no, I'm just floating away, dead. Like that plastic bag in American Beauty. <laughs> exactly like the plastic bag. It's very strange. <laughs> Freaking nuts! Um, yeah, it was. It, it came as a shock, but yeah, it was. It was without Not ceremony really. at the end. It, it really, it came as a shock. I, I was a little surprised. I thought he might at least be around to the last episode since he ran things, but I, I, I guess it does advance. I no, he, he's too. He's too important to live in this. People that have nothing. <laughs> That that are going to offer anything to the society, like uh, like masks. They live. Wait. Oops. Spoiler. Sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry, didn't mean to say that. No, no. So, uh, <laughs> Neo, you're you're reigning for this one. Even after all the the bitching and complaining, I, I'm I'm still going to rate this uh, episode pretty high. Uh, I'm going to have to um, give this four. No one gives a shit about rock pies. <laughs> Out of five. Solbro? I'll give this episode a 3.5 copy pasta shields out of five. Ah, yeah. Copy pasta, huh? Copy pasta, babe. I'm, I'm going to give this one four unused normal suits out of five. <laughs> yeah. That's another one. Yeah. Definitely. So we uh, will move on now to the penultimate episode of the series. We're almost, we're almost there, guys. Mm-hmm. And that is episode number 25, Crossing the Line of Death. Oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> Toasangans are pretty much done, and with his, uh, his dying breath, uh, Durrett told his men to use the capital tower to uh, just slip on down to Earth and infiltrate it, and that they'll start the Reconquista some other way in the future, which makes you wonder, why didn't he just do that to begin with? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody else from space always did that. <laughs> Wasn't it in the robes of Hermes Blueprints? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, if you got this handy little elevator, you can just ride down to Earth yeah. and just spread all your sleeper agents and get them all in place and then, you know, do whatever. It's like, why Why wouldn't you just do that? That seems like the path of least resistance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, neither here nor there. So we have a continuation from where we were before. We have Ida, you know, all sad about her dad being dead. We have... um you know, everyone trying to realign and uh, get ready for more fighting. We have all of these ships now using um, advanced technology from Venus on both sides to apply classic Universal Century anti-heat coating to their ships. So we get a battle, and we have uh, some more casualties or near casualties. And we have Manny going full tilt crazy, basically... Uh, hoping that Bellary gets defeated for the sake of Mask. It's like, way to treat your friends there, lady. (laughs) Sending examples. (laughs) Yeah. Mashner um, tries to get the two sides to fight each other and have her ship slip by, but it doesn't work, and she is completely nuts. She's wide-eyed, generically crazy, and insists that Rock Pie is telling her what to do and giving her all of these strategies, which, you know, he's not, because he's dead. We don't, we don't even get a ghost figure of him. No, we don't, right? I was expecting to see, at least from her point of view, Rock Pie communicating with her at least once, like every other Gundam series that had new type ghosts kind of gives you a little bit of service of that. Yeah, she's, she's just crazy. Nope, she's just crazy. Yeah, she, I guess she's yeah. just nuts, man. <laughs> and she, of course, gets herself killed when her ship is destroyed in the middle of all of this fighting. And uh, Bellary causes some damage to the G-Rack, and they're fighting near the atmosphere, so they start to get pulled in. The Salamandra's captain cavalierly begins atmospheric re-entry and uh, thinks that their anti-heat coating will be enough for them, but he miscalculates, and the Salamandra gets destroyed. Oops. Yeah, oops. And we have um, Klim and Mick upgrading to some new mobile suits that were stolen from the uh, the GIT Corp. So Klim uses this uh, giant mobile armor, Dharma, that has a mobile suit, Dahak, hidden inside of it. Mm-hmm. And Mick gets the Trinity, which is a mobile suit with funnels for legs. <laughs> kind of odd. So we end on the note of Bellry and uh, the other combatants getting sucked into the atmosphere for an Earth-based finale. So, Silver, what were your thoughts on this episode? Oh, my God. I actually really enjoyed this up. My favorite part, of course, was the re-entry scene. That always gets me, no matter what Gundam series, when they get pulled into the, the gravity of the planet and they have to think fast in order to survive. Uh, the fact that everybody used teamwork to live, I thought was a, a pretty neat thing. You know, I, when, when faced with crisis, people can set aside their differences in order to work together although they were paired up evenly amongst their groups um but i was i was sad that some people survived like you know mask and many but especially since yeah how much did you want them to uh, die uh, yeah i yeah. so they, badly wanted to them to go the well, capricorn route i me, really did i did too actually at this point it's like manny has done a 180 shift i loved her character up until this last arc where she is just like just completely fangirling over mask and it's like oh girl what the what what happened? You were so cool with the with the kids, and you were all about you know reuniting with them. I know you have mask, 
and have these designs for him. But don't you realize what he's doing is kind of wrong? I was like, you just completely drinking his Kool-Aid and is ridiculous. You know, I figured she would have be able to stand up for herself, but she's more so an accessory to him. And she doesn't see her own value, which disgusts me, dude. And, um, you know, watching this episode, I just, I wish Belry just dropped his, uh, his, his, his stance on not killing and just wiped these two out. <laughs> I just think the world would be better off without him. But uh, I, I, I did enjoy uh, how Bell utilized the perfect pack and uh, how he fought them as well as uh, helping out others. And then uh, how pretty much everybody survived the episode uh, in order to take the battle down to the Earth Sphere. So uh, that's pretty much my thoughts on the episode. I'll pass it back. All right. So this is a pretty solid episode as far as, you know, Gundam battles go leading up to the finale. I'm always a sucker for the atmospheric entry battles and this one was pretty well staged mm-hmm. definitely you do have a lot of craziness going on with Mashner just being reduced to the stereotype of the lovesick crazy woman with the wild eyes who yeah. it's like maybe this would have been okay in like 1986 but for god's sakes this is 2015 we're, we're, we're like a bit more enlightened now yeah that's just yeah. a tired old uh stereotype and cliche that was better left in the past yeah, believe you me i got some things to say about that later but <laughs> go go ahead sorry as well as you know manny and her sudden turn like yeah her friend's life means nothing to her now she just wants him to lose so that you know her boyfriend can feel good about himself because he's such a loser <laughs> <laughs> so, and then of course you had the Ida dealing with the fallout of her father's death, which I think was pretty well done. So, yeah, yeah a solid episode in most respects, but I do have some some quibbles as I've just mentioned. So let's uh, let's do some ratings. Nia, what have you got? Uh, I'm gonna have to give this the second four out of um, missed opportunity, missed uh, atmospheric death opportunities out of five because <laughs> I really I so badly wanted to. Uh, oh, yeah, I wanted uh, Mask and Manny to go, and as soon as they made, I'm like, no, I'm like screaming at the computer. Awful, so, bro. I, I even though I complained about the whole mask and Manny thing, I really did enjoy this episode. And as Chris said, it was well staged. Uh, four suicidal ship commanders out of five. Uh, Mush, Mush lost a damn mind. <laughs> I'm gonna give this uh, four atmospheric wow. reentries out of five. And I gotta say, I feel so sorry for the captain of the Nosos. Ooh. Oh yeah. Who. Can you imagine like how how many times on the bridge this guy's sitting there and it's like rock pie rock pie and it's like it's motherfucking rock pie I swear <laughs> to God I'm smack this one it, it, isn't that isn't that the point though if you're captain you like you, you gotta like fly, you gotta like do the hand gesture over to security and get that crazy bitch off the st- uh, off the thing well he's just a ship captain so she outranks him yeah but yeah, she was but clearly still. out of her gourd and it's like there yes. should be some kind of precedent where it's like if you think that your oh, officer's it, out of your mind out of her mind you get a restraint you put her in the brig until she comes to her senses this is anime it is it's not star trek Uh, (laughs) yeah so what was i thinking (laughs) all right let's not hold it back let's get the last one Mm -hmm. all right so episode 26 the final episode of the series Rising on Earth. All right. So we have uh, atmospheric reentry over the Guiana Highlands of all places. Who knew? <laughs> it's like we yeah. came home. Yeah, in- interesting, uh, interesting place. Especially this season to have uh, had that show up in both shows. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, Bellry of course survives because you know the G self is invincible. Mask he helps uh, Manny position herself 
to uh, survive re-entry, and he uses uh, big old shields on his legs as uh, heat shields, and he comes in intact. So we have the battlefield switching to Earth now. With yeah. all of the remaining forces fighting on Earth in the Guiana Highlands, we have some more deaths. We have uh, Jugan flying around in uh, in a Dubai for whatever reason, which is to get killed. That's the reason, of course. And he does get killed. We have um, Wilmot flying an atmospheric glider down with Kumpa, so we can see the battle. And he gets uh, he gets a pretty bad death when uh, the Chikara or Kun crashes into yeah. the uh, glider, which then pushes him off the side of a mountain. Oh yeah, it was, it was Kun, and yeah, she she just just wiped him out. Like this, the way he went out is comical. <laughs> It's such a joke. The thing is, she wiped him out accidentally. Yeah, yeah. Not like she was even trying. She wasn't even trying to kill him. No, it was just circumstance. I was waiting for more. uh, You know, let me. I'll I'll, I'll hold. I'll hold back. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) So it uh, basically comes down to. Belry versus Mask, and we also have uh, Roraya and Naredo deciding to take down this random second Amerian fleet that showed up because they want to stop the fighting. Mm-hmm. And as the fight continues, the G-Self actually takes some damage because it's used up so much energy that it doesn't really have much left. Can't fly anymore, it's only doing some jumps, and Belry falls into an underground cavern. The fight moves there, and that's when Mask realizes where they actually are, which is the ruins of Jabro. Oh my gosh. As we see some of the underground buildings and we see some ancient rusted Zagaks. Yeah. So the fight continues and uh, they both slice apart some pieces of their mobile suits. But in the end, Belry wins and suddenly all the fighting stops and we have a uh, little montage showing what happened to everyone, which includes Manny and Lewin having a picnic somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. We have um, more surprise revelations. One, that uh, Kuhn is pregnant with Kia Mabeki Jr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, again, it's like, oh, what indication was there even that they were in a relationship other than her just acting like a devoted sycophant? Exactly. So, again, it's like, why, why are we learning about this after the fact? <laughs> and then we find out that... Uh, Flaminia is like a dwarf or something because she was wearing a bodysuit and it's like, yeah. It's, why are we hearing about this at the very end too? It's, I know. I thought I missed the detail. <laughs> you did not. I was like, I, think, no. is the, I was looking at her. It's like, wait a minute. Did they have a kid or something? It's like, no. She looks almost like a dwarf. And it's, yeah, it was it's, it's, it's Flaminia. It's like, what? Wait, what happened? She was in a bodysuit? Like, it's uh, it's terrible. But, yeah. Over in Ameria, Zucchini randomly decides to tell a crowd that Klim died, and then Klim shows up with the Crescent ship and decides to like smash the stage and either kill or nearly kill his father just for the hell of it because why not? Yeah. <laughs> and then as they're flying around, we find out that Belry got off at Japan, and he's just gonna you know backpack across the world now, and uh, that's it. That's there's your end. Roam That's the, goodbye, G-Reco. Roam the world like Jules from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and walk the earth. Walk the earth like, like Kang from Kung Fu. <laughs> 
So, so bro, I know you're chomping at the bit to, to get a lot of stuff, and you've been holding back these last two segments. So, unleash the floodgates. Oh man, don't get me started. Let's let's begin. Um. Well, no, please get yeah, but, started. Yeah, yeah, so no, let, let me let me get started. All right, here we go. The 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 whole way. I lost my place. Um. Let's let's start with Clem Nick. Clem realizes he was used as a pawn for his father's political gain, and he wants to kill him. Are you are you doing the episode or the the show in general? I'm, I'm talking about the I'm talking about the uh, the episode because you know oh, okay. we find this out, and then he wants to kill his father all of a sudden like that. It's like, dude, this is this seems a little a little random, you know? Like I understand your father is manipulating the situation, but you just want to you know kill him and a bunch of other people around him. That just didn't make any sense to me. The uh, the I'll start with the uh, the reveals at the end because that's 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 my biggest fault with this uh coon the fact that she uh is pregnant and she's also consorting with mick who killed off her friend chikara during the last battle the fact that they're cool and everybody having to do with the reconquista are actually um are actually you know fine with uh, consorting with the what they consider the enemy and, and in light of all the plans they had of taking over earth they're just gonna just say you know forget forget what we had in mind we're we're just happy with being here and we're happy to be here and you know bygones be bygones after that bloody ass last battle i found i found it to be a little a little abrupt and a little off-putting for me that those characters weren't still a little salty especially after the death of uh kia and the death of uh uh Chikar, just to, just to, just to start from that place right there how everything is cool now and she uh was you know good friends with mick at that point i I figured she'd still be kind of salty about that that that's that was the kind of character i expected her to be but i'm not writing the show so it's not up to me to make that determination i guess Uh, (laughs) um the battle between mask and belry i like the scenario where it was i like the location where it was at and the fact that we got to see jabril one last time i thought was a nice touch but last i remember jabril was blown off the map with a nuclear bomb i guess it's possible for some places to still exist inside of it but uh i didn't expect anything to be there but a crater to be honest with you <laughs> but they managed to go back and this is uh many many years later so I, I guess something managed to remain um i thought it was a nice uh location for them to battle although it didn't last very long and they got outside uh the way that uh, uh the way that koompa went out though was the worst i wanted a confrontation with him because of all the all the manipulation manipulation that he did how he felt about uh the the warmongering earth noise i wanted him to kind of lash out and have a final villain moment maybe he's not the villain that i was expecting but he did all this and didn't really get to unveil his entire plot and i find that to be a wasted opportunity i i I thought his character was going to mean more in the end but he didn't really do much except to get the ball rolling and i I thought there was more to him than that he seemed like a mastermind character and they never brought that to fruition he ends up being a spectator during the last battle and he accidentally gets killed by coon when she uh when she's going after bellary and i think that's the stupidest (laughs) way to go out it's it's comedic to me that he would go out uh at such a low note like that i I thought that maybe bellary's mother would have got killed in the melee too i wasn't looking forward to that but i thought that might have been the price of him um going through that final battle but i'm glad to see she survived the ending but um those are some of the things i wanted to to, to mention right off the bat I'll, I'll pass the mic back to you if i think of anything else i'll i'll definitely uh, uh pipe in okay neil um i just didn't know what the hell was going on i'm sitting there and i okay we're back on earth we have a final battle then bellary basically i forget what the girl's name is but he um he tells that girl that i'm not gonna fight anymore so she stops Mm -hmm. and then everybody stops and the next thing you know we're just jaunting around the world seeing all these other things so i was really confused um i felt like 
like I had stated in the first half of our th- uh, of our um, uh, reviews, that I somehow felt like I somehow missed something. Did I miss an episode? Oh yeah, like because it's kind of how it felt. I felt like something, you know, that I had missed a couple episodes and uh, and I didn't know what was going on. Um, it just it just showed to me the problems that we had with the pacing, the problems that we had with overemphasizing. Um, minor things and not emphasizing major developments or storylines or even revealing them. So, um, yeah, it just, I, I don't know. I, I almost feel like it would have been better if I just didn't see the last episode. <laughs> but I had to. So I, I will add that um, I thought it was a nice touch when Mariah blew up the uh, the Rattle Python. And for a moment, you kind of see what looks to be like the, the, the moonlight butterfly come out the back of her suit as she's beaming the shit out of the uh, out of out of the uh, out of the Rattle Python. It was like it looked it looked very reminiscent to the turn A or the turn X when it was doing that, at least with the energy coming out the back oh, like that. One more thing. The Jaburo thing. Just dumb. At this <laughs> at this point. We've heard about Universal Century. Oh. I mean, you would have think there would have been a little bit more up to that point that we would have seen. Just I saw it and I'm just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 and, and you know, un- unless you really know, it's just going to look like a bunch of old junk that was, they they were fighting in. So I don't know. Back to you, Chris. Boy, where do I start? Um, well, I'll start with I'll start with Mariah because she's like, oh, you know, these adults, they're just, you know, playing with toys like it's a game and, you know, standard Gundam nonsense. Yeah. It's like, I'll stop this fighting by killing lots of you. <laughs> Yeah. Seemed kind of a strange turn for her. Yeah, it did. To blast the hell out of that ship. Yeah, and it was it was, their, it was their own side she was fighting against too. I mean, granted, the megafauna wasn't officially on the uh, capital. The sorry, uh, was it was sorry, it was the capital army. Uh, forget I even spoke. <laughs> but the fact that she just wiped those people out like that, you know, and it didn't seem to be in her nature, was kind of strange. I figured she'd have found a, a better way to disable the ship so it could put it out of its uh, out of out of the fighting altogether. But I guess she just felt murderous today. Guess so. You know, the fight between Belry and and Lewin wasn't particularly. Imp- it's like we've seen all this before a bunch of times we've seen earth-based battles even with uh victory and turn a and you know it just sort of took up a lot of the episode but it wasn't particularly exciting which is kind of surprising for tamino because fight choreography is usually someone where he excels and even you know the fight with uh the giant mm-hmm. put that on display but then it just sort of seems like he ran out of steam by the time this episode showed up yeah. so not particularly interesting uh manny and lewin both really annoying characters and i don't see a why they lived or b why they got a happy ending <laughs> You know, Koompa, I think, is possibly the biggest disappointment of the series because, you know, he has all this contempt for Earthnoids, and we only ever hear about his goals secondhand from other people. Yeah, and we, we never, never actually... He never actually ex- says anything about his goals himself, and we never see him doing anything to move towards his goal. And most annoyingly, he spends the entire series, pretty much up to his last breath, playing the old, oh, shucks, I'm just a simple observer. Yeah. It's like, dude, are you, do you have some master plan or are you just full of shit? Yeah, all the machinations for nothing. <laughs> 
like what was his goal like did did he want to have a survival of the fittest and have you know the best army win did he want the earth joints to wipe out each other we never know and all the people who were coming to Reconquistas, what was their plan were they going to uh subjugate the earth were they going to wipe out the earth joints and take everything for themselves you know what what was the end game for them sorry not important. Yeah, I mean, and you got to figure that the, the GIT had people back at home that also were part of the movement and wanted to get to Earth, too. You know, what happens to all of them? The people who made it to Earth, they say, you know, F everybody we left behind. We're, we're fine with being on Earth, uh, you know. <laughs> we, we got what we wanted. Uh, forget the cause now. You know, it, it's, it, it seemed like it was just uh, just a momentary motivation and then they just seem to forget what they were there for in the first place and with so many important people dead you know what what's the status of things now what who's in charge of the capital army what are they doing who's in charge of the american army who <laughs> is in charge of toasanga are the toasangans secretly creeping onto earth via the capital tower none of this stuff is explained we just get this little like dumb epilogue and it's like yay everyone is so happy the end and, and i'm sort of wondering it's like what was the point of this war what what did this war accomplish nothing well wilmot for, for a moment she's uh on the phone giving orders so i'm assuming that she's like the last commanding officer that at least the highest commanding officer that's still alive and she was given uh, orders to launch before the pope interrupted her so um you know i'm thinking that maybe she finally is in a position of power where she can actually well, we don't know maybe but really you know, know we don't know she could be confirmation be on the, she could be on the phone with dominoes yeah for all we know <laughs> Or, I'm sorry, Space Dominoes. Yo, Versace's about to deliver some pizza. Is that what you say? <laughs> like, here's your Kuntala Crunch. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah, maybe she is in charge, but we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Would have yeah. been nice to know. A simple line of dialogue may have helped with that. Hey, this is the president speaking. We need to do this. Or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And then other weird things like Clem's sudden homicidal act against his father. <laughs> yeah. I'll destroy half the city center just to try to kill my dad. Huh? What is that even? A, a pr- how does that even make any sense? And the fact that Ste- Steer went along with it. And she's my favorite character in the whole show. I'll be, I'll be quick to say. Just because her outbursts are, are, are just hilarious to me. I, I really enjoyed her character. But I don't know how she could comply with wanting to, to fly the Crescent ship so low that could take out a whole city center and just wipe out a bunch of people. I just thought that just it just reeked of the loss of common sense. It was just terrible. <laughs> just annoying. And then Bellry uh, just decides to slip off the ship without even saying goodbye to uh, Narrator, who's like his best friend. It's like, wow, dude, way to way to be a dick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I guess he always was. <laughs> Yeah, so I think at this point we should move on to overall thoughts for the series. So, Neo, what are your? Oh, did you thoughts? not want to, you do not want ratings for the episode? Well, we'll do that at the at the uh, okay. tail end. Mm-hmm. I'll make this quick because I don't want to just belabor the point. I just think. I came in with an open mind. I know we're probably going to get a lot of crap, Sam, because we initially, you know, now all the revisionists are going to say, see, we told you before it showed that this is going to be crap. But, you know, I try to make an open mind with it. There are some parts of it I really like. I think the pacing was off. I just felt like we never looked at any of the things that were supposedly thought of being important. And we focused too much on minor issues, minor battles, minor storylines where we just, you know, the constant theme of all of our reviews has been like, oh, hey, there was this big reveal, but it happened off screen or it happened in between episodes. And we just that that to me and 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 it's kind of it feels bad because you you, you feel bad about it because you feel, okay, Tamino is such an industry veteran that he should know not to be doing this. But 
we've seen with a lot of his last few entries, like Winsorian and stuff like that, you know, maybe he's not the guy that he used to be that created Zeta and Turn A and, you know, um, all these other great shows, uh, you know, Dunbuy and things like that. But is it an awful show? Is it just just blatantly terrible like an age or a destiny no but it's kind of forgettable it's a shame that this is probably tamino's last showing in gundam i mean it would have been nice if he just would have stayed with turn a because uh like i was telling at saying the soul and chris off air prior to recording this i remember the complaint on that was just the weirdness of the Gundam and some of the other stuff. But in the end, the story, you know, it was a normal story. You had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you, you had some kind of point. I, I just don't feel like uh, the beginning and mini, middle and ending that we had here, it was kind of the ancillary story elements instead of like a real main story element. I would have loved to seen a little bit more of the Universal Century. We keep talking about how horrible it was. I mean, we don't have to delve into it like nonstop, but it would have been nice to have some more snippets bits some more things chris mentioned the end where we have you know what is going on togosawa they were they were knocked out like what episode 23 24 so i mean they're kind of out of the picture what of all you know at the end what is the capital army doing who's in charge so it, it just seems like the <coughs> ending of this show and, and going through the show actually brings out more questions than it, it ever answered and it's just it just kind of suffers from that. So I, you know, like I said, I'm sure I'm going to hear crap from people saying, oh, well, you, you know, there'll be the revisionist. Oh, you're saying, no, I just, you know, we want to give a chance. And, you know, I think pretty much throughout the reviews, we were pretty fair <laughs> with it. So, you know, but it, it's a shame. But, um, you know, hey, we, not everything can be great. So um, back to you, Chris. Sobro, your overall thoughts on the series. Oh, my positives, I would say, is that the show borrows a lot from previous Gundam shows, not directly like, say, something like Gundam Build Fighters, but it takes things that you know from Gundam and tries to, to, to reinvent it a little bit, like character types, even names and character designs. I thought it was a, a little bit of a nice send-up for a previous Gundam series. I, I enjoyed that a little bit. Um, some of the times they, they kind of fell into uh, stereotypical roles, though, but I'll get to that in a moment. The other thing I, I really... Uh, I, I would I would say that was uh I was uh very good was uh the character cast really. I like the cast um at least halfway through the cast that showed up. When the newer characters started showing up towards the end, they seem interesting but they didn't really deliver. So uh but the initial cast I was down with I, I liked Bellry's introduction into the series and his development over the series, but then you know this, this, the the development for the actual plot didn't really play out the way it should have, as far as I'm concerned. And a lot of episodes would be full of fights, and then the real developments would happen towards the end, fast and furious. And we'd have to like you know bust out the notepad and write down <laughs> what was going on, and all the details we'd be finding out would be just crammed at the very end. I was okay with that at first, but I thought eventually um, the plot would smooth out you know going through the middle of the series and it didn't seem to so that was a, a problem for me um i thought there might be some kind of tie into turn a i'm not really disappointed that there really isn't but um there were just some imagery in the series that made me think that there might be some kind of connection to turn a that's okay it's really not a negative but i, I was kind of hoping i would see that so i don't hold it against the show though now uh, some of the big problems i had about the show neo mentioned about the kuntalas for one the kuntalas we get we don't get much of a history on the kuntalas at all uh we hear about some things we know there was a case system 
system. And we know that during the worst of the universal century, human beings ate yeah, a caste beings. system. Yeah, caste system. Sorry, I, I said that all wrong. But uh, uh, human beings ate other human beings uh, in order to survive. So that stigma stayed. And now you have an angry young man in the form of uh, Louis Lee, who, you know, has a chip on the shoulder about that and wants to prove his place in the world by getting revenge on the people who kind of uh, did that to his people. But we don't know anything about his background. Eat at Tomino's best, he would give us at least some kind of flashback in the character's past to find out what, you know, what motivated them. Like, Hell, an explanation, lady. Yeah, something. Yeah, at Rekawar from Zeta is an example I, I thought of where, you know, you knew that she was a uh, a freedom fighter uh, in the in the one-year war and, you know, she had a, a bit of a chip on her shoulder when it came to her place in the world and how Space Noise were treated in light of their assistance in the one-year war and she was a complicated character and the series did a pretty good job in getting that across and what was, uh, what motivated her and how angry she was and I, I like that and I, I thought that maybe Tomina would do the same with with uh, with Mask but not really you just you just know he's angry you know he he has a he has he has something to prove and it starts to really screw up with his logic center and I hated that about his character as uh, you guys said he's one of the worst loser villains we ever had <laughs> plain and simple he's terrible and uh i think there was a, a huge opportunity wasted um and the show missed major developments throughout the uh, throughout throughout its run we heard about things uh that happen outside of the scope of what we saw in the show the off-screen events that was that was freaking terrible i, I don't know why they couldn't take the time to at least show us something about the major things that were going on uh, and the history of the show seemed more epic than what actually went on in the show which was a big problem to me um i when you're sitting there watching the show and you're wondering what happened at the tail end of the universal century uh, as opposed to what you're watching then you realize you kind of lose an interest in what you're watching and that that's that's definitely works against the show i guess last but not least the animation degraded towards the end um there's a, a few key scenes in the last episode that look absolutely horrible it might be fixed for the blu-ray i don't know but i have a feeling this show had some budget issues which is why it may not got the episode run that maybe tamina wanted in order to squeeze the whole is that again. is that a fact or is that just you speculating because we don't know I, I, i'm speculating i'll, I'll, I'll okay well then I'll, I'll speculate Shouldn't say you shouldn't say anything oh, about I'll, that because you just I'll, don't know. I'll speculate, but uh, it, it may not be the case. But I know a lot of times, a lot of anime shows, when the animation looks rough at the end, it's either time crunch or budget crunch. And um, I'm, I'm I'm thinking it's either one of those. But could this show really have been, been been improved if we got more episodes? Do you guys think that if we got another, if the show had a six to fifty episodes, you think it could have got its point across? You think it would just be as bad as uh, it, it would have ended as bad as it did? Hard to say. Yeah, I guess uh, it's. I don't know because you don't. I mean, then you would you would have probably more time to do certain things because yeah. you feel that, especially at the beginning of this show, you feel that almost like Tamina's pacing it like it is a 50-episode show, mm -hmm. but it only had like 26. So I don't know. It's, I mean, it, it's hard to say. It's, but it seems all like we a, can do is just go by what we have, and this is what we have. It seems like a 50-episode show squeezed into 26 episodes. And I think if more time was given to develop the characters and, and also to uh, explain some backstory of the history of the of the universe and show some of those ep events that happened off-screen, it could have been a better program. But um, those are my overall thoughts, Chris. So... In summary, this series had some long-standing structural problems, and in the end, a lot went unexplained, as we previously cited, you know, what the status quo is of the world after this war finished, what the point of this war was. ended up being, yeah. what were the plans of the various factions who wanted to do Reconquista, what was Kumpa's actual plan, and was he ever going to actually do anything about it in you know, the first person and act on it or just keep up with the, oh, shucks, I'm just an observer. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, some will say, oh, but, you know, in the first segment that you guys did, 
on G-Reco, you were defending it because people were saying they didn't understand stuff and you guys were going on about, you know, subtly explaining stuff through the episode. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but that was the first five episodes. You know, I don't watch a new show and expect in the first or second episode to have every damn piece of information spoon-fed to me because that's just not how a good narrative is constructed. But by the end of the series, six months later, when there's so many unanswered questions and things that are just written so poorly, that's an entirely different story. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that's just the natural progression of how the series developed to our attitude of going from defending it to blasting it. And I don't think that they're incompatible because two different sides of the same coin. Yeah, I mean, Tamino's had a, a good track record, at least through most of his career. So we had faith that he could actually, you know, express a Gundam story. I, we really haven't seen a bad Gundam by him until, I won't even say this is bad. I just think it didn't reach his potential, but you're right. Um, you know, we thought this show was going to be a, a, a much better production than what it ended up being. And when you were, and you're back in the beginning slighted, slate of the episodes, it's really hard to tell when you watch those beginning episodes exactly how the series is going to play out so we gave it the benefit of the doubt yeah but isn't that isn't that the thing of anything though because yeah. you if something is going to be 20 just use an example if something's 20 episodes and you watch the first four episodes and i mean just because maybe you like the first four or you don't like the first four that somehow is going to dictate how the rest of it's going to go we don't know that and the, and the, and that's where people just got to kind of get to this where you know this this finite these absolutes that we have we have this i i, I watched the first episode and it wasn't that great so this show absolutely is going to blow yeah you don't know that because how many of these I'll take the just show that everybody loves, Game of Thrones. That first season, pretty damn slow. Yeah. First couple episodes, slow as hell. Kind of, kind of keeps you boring. But now everybody loves the shit. So yeah. that's what you got to look at. So that's it. I know someone will accuse us of being hypocrites or no, moving the goalposts or whatever. And to that, I say, come at me, bro. Yes, yeah, it's, it's called having a change of mind. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not even. It's not even a change of mind. It's yeah. it's an incomplete thought you can't you can't judge something in its totality by only reviewing parts of it you can't sit there and watch an episode of a 20 episode show and because you loved it saying the whole group the show is going to be great or saying because it's bad the whole thing's going to suck you just can't do it that you when you do reviews you do the parts we start off in the parts and then we sum it up in the end that's how it works. So that's not being hypocritical. Hypocritical would be an entirely different thing is, you know, if we were saying uh, that uh, a certain show did, you know, told a story this way, but then there was another one that we liked it just because we're a fanboy, but it's doing the same thing that we give another show crap about. That's being hypocritical. But yeah. no, this we, is stupid. We even said during the beginning, the reviews for the show, if the show does degrade and turn into something that we don't enjoy, we're going to be straight up and say it. Talk about it so here we are you know we're, we i don't think we've ever like you know in spite of ourselves there's nothing called, to defend yeah call the not, show there's good. nothing there's nothing to defend i'm not really saying defend i'm just i'm just no no you're the way clear. the way you're speaking there you're trying to defend your position there's nothing to defend the thing is is you can only people have to realize if you're doing something in its totality yeah. and you're doing and if you're reviewing it piece by piece until you go to that final point where you put it all together mm. yes there might be some differences from the beginning to the end that's how things work and this absolute stuff has got to go so you know i'm with chris whoever this person is it sounds like chris knows that there's going to be some person that's going to come out and you know be you know savior of the internet you know internet freedom fighter 
Um, you know, come on. Oh, I've I've already seen it, and I'll get to yeah. this in a minute. But uh, so you know, stupid. At the end of the day, this series had um, incomprehensible motives and and um, some bad characterization, particularly with uh, female characters like Masha. Women came off pretty weak in this series. Not like age level baby factory, but you know, a lot of the women come off pretty bad in this show. Yeah, that's something I forgot to bring up. I and I agree with you, Chris. The women, for the most part, came off as just like arm candy or accessories to the guys. I think that's cultural, though. And and they didn't. I think, you know, I mean, maybe maybe I I think in this case, it's more Tamino just being an old guy. Yeah, that too. I think Steer to me was like the one that seemed the most independent. She she did her her job. But none of them. But none of them. She didn't fawn over a dude, which is like, that's what I wanted to see. It was like independent women with their own agendas instead of being the second tier to someone, some other guy that they were were fancy. You know, most of the women, though, were pretty uh, underwhelming, though. There wasn't any. There wasn't any any differentiating or strong separate female character type of any of them even Ida to a point yeah. you know she's she's got a streak of independence to her but she still kind of falls into the and like Chris said it's it's probably more of a it's a Tamino thing he's an old guy so I mean you know let's you got to kind of consider the source at times when it comes to these things and, and as far as uh, gun and protagonists go, I I found Bellray to be pretty okay. bland and kind of a blank slate, and I don't feel that he particularly developed that much between the beginning and the end of the series. He's just sort of a Seemed pretty same to me, happy-go-lucky guy, and he has a really easy time at the end of it because, or for most of the series, because the the G self just has so many damn backpacks that are so powerful, so powerful. and the perfect takes it to just a ridiculous degree of you know overpowered. It's like like, man, if you thought that, that Strike Freedom was like a Swiss Army knife that just had every yeah. damn thing loaded in, that suit is nothing compared to uh, to the ridiculousness of the G-Self with the perfect backpack. It's pretty yeah, who wins, in that, who wins in that battle? <laughs> I, I think Kira goes down on this one. Hey, man, can it beat the Moonlight Butterfly, though? <laughs> that is indeed the question. Yeah, but Moonlight Butterfly wasn't used on every battle, though. <laughs> I think I've pretty much covered everything. I'd encapsulate what I think was one of the core problems of this show is that it feels like it's a 26 episode show with 50 episode pacing. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's that's exactly what I felt. And looking in retrospect, like say the first 10 episodes, there's such an outsized focus on Bellry and the megafauna fighting the Capital Army that I feel like that time could have been much better used on establishing more details about the world. Because, you know, there's a lot of interesting elements aside from some dumb ones like just the whole concept of the Kuntala is ridiculous. But the whole thing about the end of the Universal Century the um, new settlements, this religion that's like a sort of a strange pastiche of all of the big religions of Earth. Oh, yeah. It's never fully explored. The whole photon battery thing. There's a lot of interesting elements that are there that are just not properly developed. And I feel like, you know, there was just too many factions, too much of all of these factions working with and against each other at separate times. And particularly Toa Sangha, I think, got shortchanged. Yeah. Yeah. They really did. We didn't really learn much about their society, about their government, why there was this conflict between the Dorette family and the government. You know, the Ray Huttons are just kind of like ciphers. You know, I expected that all of these things would be explained. I certainly did not go into this series expecting to have some kind of lead up to turn A. I did not 
had that expectation at all. It would have been nice, though, given all the references to Universal Century, to maybe hear a little bit more about you know those final days, like what act, what was yeah. what was the incident, what, what was, was that final point? war, what was the turning point that finally brought the Universal Century to an end and led to the Regild Century. Yeah, and 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 had the 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 governments of Earth, you know, not have this technology and these space noids taking the, this technology with them and and trying to keep it away from the people of Earth. It's it's really it's really interesting. And, and as soon as you're sitting there going, wow, you know, we got nothing on it. Just you know, just a few. Little, we just know it was bad, and that the space noids were trying to keep this away from the Earth noids. That's it. It's really what we got in the end. And even then, it was kind of. In the end, I think there was just too much filler, and the pacing was all off. You know, the yeah. the way this, even if you just you know were telling this story again, the same linear journey of you know from Earth to space to Toasanga to Venus. I think the time could have been much better used across those 26 episodes and the series just really hurts for it. Yeah. And despite some of the positive things, you know, like uh, some good mobile suit battles, good mobile suit designs, uh, wonderful color palettes, some great backgrounds, the character designs. I enjoyed all of those things, but story just really fell through in a lot of respects. And that's all on Tomino's lap because he wrote this whole series himself. Goodness. Every episode? Yes. What? I thought he'd have a staff. Wow. No, remember, it took years. This was in development for years, too. Which also, it's like, he's been talking about this thing for like three or four years before it started airing. It's like, this is what what you got to show for it? Wow. (laughs) That's a damn shame. Maybe the final word is, uh, I kind of wish that Tamino's last... Gundam series had been turn A in comparison yeah, to this. Absolutely. So let's do final episode ratings to close this out. Nia, what have you got? Oh, man, I'd have to give this two WTFs out of five <laughs> for the last episode. Solbro. I'll rank it right down the middle. 2.5 star spangleless banners out of five. It was pretty neat seeing the Amerian flag <laughs> at the very end. But uh, yeah, um, I, 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 I don't look at this series as a terrible series. I just, I just think it, it could have, it could have been so much more, sadly. I give this two and a half Charos out of five and, uh, you know, a solid background that just is weighed down by unclear writing and is dragged down into mediocrity, I think, is what you would say about G-Reco. Yeah. And for anyone who wants to say, oh, but I understood it perfectly, you know, you just didn't, you just need to pay attention. It's like, okay, I know I said this beginning, which is fine at the beginning of the series. Again, not at the end of the series. And, you know, your argument, oh, but I understood it perfectly. Good for you. I don't agree. So just because I feel like I don't understand it doesn't mean that I'm an idiot or that anyone else who doesn't understand it is an idiot. Let's not do any of this Evangelion. It's too deep for you to understand because you know what? It ain't. There, There is not much substance to dig beneath here underneath the surface so and to add to that we have we're three different people who come together to talk about this and we're sharing our our different perspectives on this and we pretty much meet up in the middle (laughs) every time when it comes to this i mean we don't always agree but you know we share a perspective so you figured that we'd have a little insight and 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 one if one of us misses something the other one may have caught it and all that stuff so at the end of the day i I don't think the show is that deep at all i think it tried to be something more than what it was and it just fell on his face. Yeah, so well, please the, don't the, don't send me lots of yeah. TLDR lectures of how 
I just didn't get it. Or tell me that my uh, rating is wrong and that it should be higher and you think it deserves this. Because you know what? I It's my review, whether it's on Gundam or, or MAHQ, uh, the written review. So I don't really care about your opinion of what my opinion should be. If you think that the review should be scored higher, go write your own review. Go re- record your own <laughs> podcast. But Chris, you know you're wrong about Gundam Wing, right? <laughs> well, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have one last final thought. The, the, just because something is perceived "quote unquote" deep doesn't necessarily mean when you're telling the story that the depth of the you know the little things that they put in or little plot points doesn't necessarily mean that the story's smooth and even makes sense in the end. So this whole thing of like, oh, it's too deep for you to understand. No, you should kind of know what's going on. I don't, I don't care how much you developed minor little things or all these ancillary things. You still have to have just a primary story that kind of ties all these things together. And that that, that that's that's a silly way of people of, of looking at things. So yeah. Well. Good goodbye, G Reco. Not gonna yep. miss you too much. Kinda glad you're gone. Kinda glad I don't have to do dual reviews anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> that, the the truth comes out. It's the dual re- it's the dual reviews. Hey, at least we watched the whole show. <laughs> so that's it for this segment. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ.
Let's be clear, Detective Freeman. When I f*** you over, you'll know it. You'll be so goddamn certain you won't need to ask the question. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You're listening to episode 161, and we reviewed the final episodes of G- Gundam Reconquista in G. That's right, episodes 21 through 26. Um, and if you got a problem with our review, then uh, you know where to hit us up. <laughs> but we're kind of running late on time, so uh, there will not be a mailbag today. But thank you for your patience. We'll definitely be getting to the mailbag uh, in a future episode. Uh, fellas, any uh, any last words you guys wanted to say before we uh, wrap this up? Nope. Universe! There you go. That's the talk right there. If only Tomino ended on that. But <laughs> uh, we we still love Tomino. We don't. We're, we're not. We didn't hate on him throughout the. Uh, we don't. We don't think ill of him. But uh, if anything, uh, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's our opinion. He's got the. Just... He's got the majority of his career that he can look back on and smile. So uh, if anything, thank you guys for uh, checking out the show. And if you have time, make sure to visit these websites head on over to where the magic happens mahq.net visit there for reviews of many mecha related animes and manga series also join the conversation at mahq's official forums at mechatalk.net where you can find forums for this show and other mahq and shinjuku station podcasts there you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts if you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the Pedal Bear of the South, Tomo Pop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube and YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash shinstation and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for episode 161 of Gundam at MHQ. We'll see you guys next time. Louise? Saji, why are you here? I heard you were in an accident. Sorry it took me so long to get here. But you're skipping school. Ah, uh, don't worry. But what a relief. You seem well. Thank God for that. Oh, that's right. I've got something for you, Louise. It's right here. What's that? <gasps> for me? <laughs> it's that set of rings you wanted a while back. I worked like crazy during the whole exam break, and I made enough to buy them. They're for you, Louise. 
beautiful. <laughs> uh, Louise, I have something I have to tell you. See, the more I think of you... I'm so sorry. Hmm? You went to the trouble of buying these. And they're so beautiful. But I can't wear this ring. Uh... I can't wear this ring! <sighs> oh no, Louise. You mean... I really am sorry. Louise's parents, along with all of her relatives, were lost in the accident. Don't upset her. I know they want to eliminate war or something like that, but when they fight, people get hurt. We'll do our best to heal their injuries, but we can't heal their hearts. What? But the Halavis were rich and famous. The family was attacked by a Gundam. The whole family's gone. How awful! Maybe the family was promoting war. But they were civilians. In the end, it just means more work for us. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. I was thinking about a story from the Bible. I tell you to open your mouth. Let him talk. Don't mean nothing. I'm not a religious man. But I've read bits and pieces over the years. Curiosity more than faith. About this one story. There was a man. He, he was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was set upon by men of ill intent. And they stripped the traveler of his clothes. They beat him. And they left him bleeding in the dirt. And the priest happened by. Saw the traveler. They moved to the other side of the road and continued on. And then a Levite, a religious functionary, came to the place. Saw the dying traveler. But he too moved to the other side of the road and passed him by. But then came a man from Samaria, Samaritan, a good man. He saw the, the traveler bleeding in the road and he stopped to aid him without thinking of the circumstance or the difficulty it might bring him. The Samaritan tended to the traveler's wounds, applying oil and wine. And he, he carried him to an inn, gave him all the money he had for the owner to take care of the traveler as the Samaritan. He, continued on his journey he did this simply because the, the traveler was his neighbor he loved his city and all the people in it I always thought that I was the Samaritan in that story it's funny isn't it how even the best of men can be Deceived by their true nature. What the hell does that mean? It means that I'm not the Samaritan. That I'm not the priest. Or the Levite. 
that I am the ill intent who set upon the traveler on a road that he should not have been on. <laughs> 